Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to The Basement Bench, and happy Halloween. If you're listening on the day this is released, happy Halloween. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to The Basement Binge on your Halloween. Let's get started into the episode here with Paranorman, which I am extremely excited to talk about. If you haven't listened to the last episode, Coraline, where I just had boatloads of nice things to say about Like It, the studio responsible for both Coraline and now Paranorman, definitely go check out that last episode. Also, if you did listen to that episode and you're curious where the Edward Scissorhand episode is, I realize that's more of a Christmas movie at the tip from Ali and then also just kind of investigating it. I still haven't seen it, so this coming December for Christmas, it will still be my initial reaction. You can expect that review then. For now, let's talk about Paranorman. Happy Halloween, everyone. So two cents. Let's jump right in. If you're new here, thanks for being here. To tell you what two cents is, it's just my spoiler-free short reaction to the film. So let's get into it completely spoiler-free. And, and as a follow-up to Coraline in this Halloween binge that I've been having, Paranorman is fantastic. Leica continues that, I don't know, legacy they had and, and really goes full horror here. I mean, they don't go full horror, but they really lean into it. I mean, it has things with paranormal activity, zombies. It has some great jump scares. It's really suspenseful. It's pretty intense. The, the film score, for example, that goes along with it is kind of epic matching that the suspense it has witches, it has death, all those types of things. It really leans into those aspects of horror. And I'm a total whim, so don't let me be the final judge, but it was spooky. So perfect watch for Halloween. It's also amazing how it's able to capture those elements of horror with a lot of lightness, both cinematically, but also tonally. It has a fantastic story with a great theme and a message, but then it also has an ensemble cast right there with it, with incredible voice acting and great animated performances. There is lots of things stuffed into this film from the horror I already mentioned, humor, horror, and a great message, but then it has elements about parenting, environmentalism, justice, mistakes, fear, loss, and death, grief, acceptance, bravery, and compassion, to name a few things. But not one thing feels forced or overstuffed. Each moment feels real to the character and the world that has been created here. And it's incredible to have such an emotional response from a puppet, right? Or, or for a puppet. But these animators know how to draw me in. Coraline is one of my new favorite characters, mainly by her writing. And I'm just going to continue to pe- compare this to Coraline because I think it makes sense to, but Coraline I really fell in love with because of the way that the character was written. While Norman, the protagonist of this film, I am brought in by the writing and have a connection to it, but I feel more of that connection through the performance, the performance of a puppet, which is really the performance of the artists and animators 
behind the character of Norman. The realness of this character, it, it really is remarkable work. This has just been a fantastic binge of Halloween films, and this is a fantastic conclusion to it for Halloween. It's full of, this film is full of those great seasonal sights and sounds, but then also carries so much beyond just the spooky flavor. While I am sad I was so busy I didn't have much more time for other Halloween episodes, particularly some more live action, the three that I did get, namely The Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, and now Paranorman, are all extremely rewarding. One, I I am a sucker for animation, particularly stop motion, so that was a fun to just finally enjoy these things that I've really been wanting to. And then you also naturally have how the films add to the season of Halloween so perfectly because of their particular flavor. But in addition to that, there's also a resonance that these stories have had with me, and Paranorman continues it here. Not only is it a good Halloween movie, but it's just a good movie, period. While also having great elements that make it perfect for Halloween. So that was a very short two cents, which that used to be a lot shorter. They used to always be within two minutes of them. Now that was kind of anomaly when that happens. Let's move on to the next segments here. Brief announcements before we go further. First thing, every month I have three screen passes that I can give away through Movies Anywhere. What a screen pass is, it's just a chance for me to share some of my eligible films for you to enjoy completely free. It's almost like you renting one of my films. I don't get to pick what they are. It's just what Movies Anywhere decides is eligible. It's 100% free. If you would like to win one of those, so to speak, you can follow me on social media and get in contact with me, or you can leave a review on Podchaser. Please, it helps out the show a ton to leave a review on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash the basin bench. Of course, always linked in the show notes. You can leave a review on this individual episode, not just the podcast as a whole. And it really is helpful to know what episodes you listeners are enjoying. So I would appreciate that feedback. Additionally, I want to give a shout out to Matt from Matt Goes to the Movies. He is having a contest right now where he's actually giving away five blu-rays or digital copies of film so go check out his show matt goes to the movies linked in the show notes to enter yourself to win that giveaway let's move on with the segments here pick your poison pick your poison great for the season is the rating scale here at the basement binge instead of having stars or letter grade or percentage the rating scale is something that i made up that really has to do with grading the bingeability so to speak of these films and and are they worth rewatching? How would we interact with them after this initial watch? So there's four options. To never watch it again is very self-explanatory. And that's at the bottom of the list. Above that is to stream it. It's on a service you're already paying for and you're just looking for something to watch. Not really particularly look, seeking something out, but just more just seeking out something. And this is there and you'd be willing to click on it. Above that is to rent it. You know, be that red box, digitally rented. However you do, be willing to pay a few dollars and rent the film when the time is right. Top of the list, you probably guessed it, is to buy it, whether that's digitally or on Blu-ray, just buy it, watch it as many times as you want, that type of thing. And if you've listened to The Basement Binge, you know I'm a huge fan of collecting Blu-rays, so that always kind of influences my decision. But that aside, this film is 100% a buy for me. One, I am just a sucker for stop-motion animation, and I I love enjoying these films, especially from Laika. I'm, I'm going to own every film that they make. I, I love stop motion. On top of that, this is just a great film for the Halloween season. So there's a lot of things where this film fits really well into a niche that I like enjoying. On top of that, I just love having the bonus features, particularly with a stop motion animation. And so that reason I also want to buy it. I, I love watching the bonus features for these films. It's been some of the funnest things in preparing these episodes. So this is a buy. I, I already own it. I'm Happy I do. I know I'm going to revisit it again. Let's move on to the next segment, Live Up. This is where I talk about my expectations going into the film and if it lived up to them. 
And it's difficult with this particular film because I'm not sure what I was expecting. Laika, of course, like I just said, has this reputation that they have to live up to for me, which in regards to animation, they have absolutely exceeded. Once again, it's impressive how they're always able to do that. Every single time I watch one of their films for the first time, even if it's going back towards some of their their first films, I'm always blown away with their animation. But I didn't have much more to go on besides that. I just had one comment on on a Letterboxd review where someone was talking about how they really enjoyed Paranormal. We were talking about Laika and they mentioned how they enjoyed this particular film. That was it. I didn't really know why. So my expectations were still high, just they were extremely vague. In terms of animation, this, like I already said, this film exceeds those expectations tenfold. But what about the film as a whole? Yes. To answer the question, it lived up. Hard to explain how, just because my expectations are very vague, but it 100% lived up to anything that I would want from a Leica film, and especially what I'd want from a Halloween film. You know, those two kind of specific niches of a Leica stop-motion film, but also this Halloween binge that I've been on. Also trying to like carry on this incredible expectation that I have now of these films kind of blowing me away, not just in like the Halloween aspect of them, but in the value and the, the, the incredible discussion they create for the segment fall in and, and the themes and messages in them that I really enjoyed. And this film lives up to every single one of those exceptionally. And I just, I just want to point out because I can't talk about like it without this. I just, I just want to mention how continually ambitious like is, is with stop motion. It's very different from, a Wes Anderson stop motion film like from Fantastic Mr. Fox or Isle of Dogs where everything is 100% stop motion physically made. Leica isn't afraid of using CG and VFX and because of that they're able to really create some amazing scenes and sequences that you would be limited in other stop motion while also completely pushing what you can do in what you kind of th- think of as traditional stop motion. It's, it's incredible to just watch this film and try and analyze well how did they do that? How did they do that? And it's also really cool to see, especially in these bonus features that I mentioned, that when they do use CGI, they use those VFX, they always have an artist create something first, physically create something that they want to use as reference for the CGI to get a similar feel where it doesn't just, it's out of nowhere, where it still feels like a physical thing. So, yes, the film lives up. Let's move on to the next segment here. Binge points. These are Easter eggs, details, things about the film that I want to point out. You already know. I'm going to talk about the animation a ton because that's really, for me especially, and I think so many of us, the binge points of these films. That's why they're so rewatchable. Isn't it? Isn't like the MCU where you're looking for Easter eggs or hints about your favorite character or something you know from the comics. You're looking for the craftsmanship in this animation. And I talked about that a ton in Coraline, and I also just talked about stop motion in general and how incredible it is to think about people both making and then animating everything by hand that you see and here with the bonus features i was watching it took it a step further there's this little feature that you can find on youtube i'm going to link it in the show notes at the very top near the top and it's called this little light so just go to youtube and type in this little light Leica, and it's about a minute and 15 seconds that just shows the process of creating a little light like a little desk light that just sits on a desk in the background for, I don't know, a few scenes. It's very kind of unconsequential, you'd say, you would think, but to see the process of how it's made, that someone had to design it, 
and what it would look like. And then they have to go through the process of making the base or foundation that it can actually stand on with little small materials, gluing them together. And then they have to weld the little pieces of metal that they're going to use to be the wiring of the, not the wiring, but the, the metal of the light. And then they have to make glass with like actual glasswork, this puny little glass that's going to go and actually light up. It has an actual light bulb in it somehow. And so then you have actual wiring that you have to feed through this, this metal work that you just weld it together and build it to look like a lamp and paint it and polish it so that it looks and has reflection of an actual lamp. And then you have to do that three times for three individual lights sitting on these desks that, well, yeah, I noticed. I was like, oh yeah, there's a light. Like I, I didn't think anything of it go watch it. it. It's easy to talk about. It was really easy to talk about the effort that goes into making things last episode, but now seeing it just puts it at a whole nother level. My respect for these individuals is incredible. Some other bench points here. If you've seen the film, that opening zombie movie thing that they have, it, it is fantastic. I love the score for it, but it, it's super fun. It's just incredibly different, just distinctly different than the rest of the film visually. It's a difficult thing as an animator and in what they expressed here to animate things poorly on purpose, like intentionally bad, using bad camera angles and bad focus and bad acting, so to speak, while also still being stop motion. It lets it feel different than the rest of the film. On top of that, just the way they animated it feels distinctly different from the rest of the film and it works very well. Very impressive to, to be able to see the the range that they have in creating things. And, and I really don't have too many other binge points beyond just talking about the impressive animation. From the moment the film started, I knew that it was going to be great. You see, as Norman walks into the kitchen, that his dad is on that little stool, constantly wobbling on the stool. I mean, that's just difficult to animate to begin with. It would be so much easier to cut that out, but it's that wobbling stool with the dad dancing on top of it is intentionally at the edge of the frame as this family moves around the kitchen. I mean, it's just absolutely unnecessary to do that. And it's there, just adding another layer of difficulty. A few seconds later, Norman is using like a vibrating toothbrush that has to wiggle, which you're, that can be easy to try and calculate these things to, to have this motion so well. And then he walks down the stairs and, and I immediately noticed how smooth and fluid his walking is. This animation feels so naturalistic and looks so good. It isn't easy to make walking look good. And here it just looks so natural. And it's incredible that these animators are calculating all these movements at 1 24th of a second time and how they're able to make it add up to be something incredible. Now, I mentioned a little bit earlier how these puppets are, are great. Surprisingly, at point a lot of emotion from me. I really care for the character of Norman and feel love for him, but also from him. He has these eyes that you just feel a trust for, full of love and emotion. That, that, that's just an incredible performance by the animators to have, to be able to look into the eyes of a puppet and to feel something by how, how it feels personable and feels human. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Part of that probably does have to do with the production and, and design of these puppets with things like getting the skin right that's a little opaque and translucent so the light shines through his ears, you know, like if you've ever held your finger up to a flashlight or something and it kind of has that, that reddish glow where the light comes through, they do that with his ears that, and, and not just his, but multiple people's. Also making characters imperfect. You know, I think it's the, uh, you know, drama teacher, she has a wrist brace on of some kind. It, it makes them feel real. 
it's something that in one of the bonus features, Travis Knight, who's one of the lead animators, both on Coraline and now Paranorm, he's actually the president of Lycan now. He directed Kubo, and then he's directing Lycan's newest film that was just announced a few months ago. Anyway, in the bonus feature, he was talking about the intention of having naturalistic animation style and how you have to give nuance and subtlety to these characters in a way that's real, that feels human. You know, we're not, as humans, we are very nuanced individuals and have a lot of weird quirks. And so you got to add a little bit of those subtle things to the, the human, maybe how they shift their weight or step a little differently every once in a while, maybe a breath here or a certain mannerism while also calculating all of those things at one twenty-fourth of a second time and being able to add those things is just incredible. It, it really, really works. I subconsciously noticed it. And then as, as soon as Travis and I started talking about this, I, I had a scene to connect with it at the end multiple times, but also when, when Norman is hugging his mom at the end, the subtlety in his eyes, how they, they kind of shift around a, just a little bit. Small adjustment makes it feel like he's actually looking at someone or something, not just posed. It's incredible. The zombies are another example of this, adding character to them. The emotion in the judge's face that's full of sorrow, as an example. Or the idea that the creators had to design these zombies with mechanical faces instead of the facial replacement to give them a completely different look for their face, while also just making the entire puppet feel a little bit more malleable in their body animation and how that kind of reflects the decaying that they're going through. But other things that Travis and I talked about in adding nuance and subtlety to these characters is that big zombie, he looked at him and said, you know, he has these little legs and this big, huge upper body. He probably has to shift his weight around a lot with his upper body. So he made him kind of swing his arms every time he had to take a step to, to show that's how he walked. Or another zombie Travis and I thought, well, what would it be like you're sleeping for hundreds of years? What is that like? Well, you stand up and you can't quite get your balance. You're not quite stable. So every time this one zombie walks, his knees buckle a little bit. Like, I'm not sitting there watching the film and thinking, oh, yeah, those zombies knees just buckled. Oh, look, he moved his, his arms as he walked. But it's, it's those subtle things that make him feel real. Beyond the animation, some other fun spin points here. Obviously, as Norman is obsessed with horror films, his ringtone on his phone is a Halloween theme, which is fun. Now, back to the animation. I talked about in the Coraline episode how the camera work there feels really free. And it is even more impressive here, which is is incredible for stop motion. It, It has unique camera movement and camera angles to fantastic cinematic lighting. You know, I think of that shot where Norman's running up the stairs and the zombies' shadows are on this the wall of the stairwell behind him. It's incredible. But then you also have a rack focus if I, twice, at least once, maybe twice in the film. Like a very noticeable rack focus, which is just so difficult to do in stop motion. And then a little bit later, you have a perfectly used dolly zoom, which is when a dolly zoom is used well, I love it. But then thinking about having to do that in animation, I just, I, are you kidding me? That is incredible to be able to capture both the performance of a puppet, but also the movement of a camera or a lens in one twenty-fourth of a second time. It's absolutely incredible. On top of that, this film uses a lot of cant angles or Dutch angles, whatever you want to call it. I really, that's like my favorite camera angle, which is frequently overused, but when it's used right, I love it. And my last binge point here is about this car chase. I mean, this has an intense car chase that I 
didn't think about it in the moment. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm watching an epic car chase. Like, this is really intense. It really felt like, you know, an action scene. And then I thought about how that was had to be animated. There's one section of that car chase where the car is on a 40-foot-long track that they built on a stage so that they can have the environment whizzing by this car as it's animated. Just absolutely incredible work they put in here. Second to last segment here, least and likes. I actually have a least favorite scene here, which is a little bit small. It's, it's not so much where I have a problem with the scene. It's just I do have some criticism of it. And that's this scene kind of towards the end where very, very typical moment where the family comes out and supports Norman. And so people start to listen to him when they weren't listening before. It feels a bit overused at this point. It, it also felt way too much like Chicken Little, like the fact that they were in the town hall, that he, there's just a lot that I was like, it really was bringing me tons of Chicken Little vibes and that didn't feel like a good thing. And I also felt like that scene just went on a little bit too long. I mean, it's really great and it's really powerful that his family and friends are there to support him. That's a, that's a really powerful thing and it's, it is touching. It just felt like it went on a little bit too long. But onto a more positive note, my favorite scene. So runner-up or honorable mention would be when Norman and Alvin hide in the house when they're running from the zombies for the very first time. The camera work there is impressive. The camera angles and and the use of the the house and thinking about that set that's built. I, the camera work there is fantastic while also really leaning into the genre of horror and, and zombies in a really fun way. But my actual favorite scene is when Norman is going through the house with his phone to get the book for the first time. He's just alone. Such unique lighting to use in, in animation, but especially in stop motion animation. And then you follow that up with a hilarious scene where he's trying to get the book from his uncle that is just genuinely funny. And thinking about the, the work that goes into creating both of those scenes, they're so dynamic. Creating them both you know, physically in animation, but also creating them within the story and how that has to be balanced. The tone of those two things is impressive, and I really enjoy that scene. So with that, we can move on to our last segment here, Fall In, which I am really, really excited to, to talk about. I, I don't have a lot to say, but what I have to say, I I value, if that makes sense. And I'm not trying to be pretentious and say that I have something incredible to say. I'm more of just repeating what has been said by better storytellers that we all really enjoy. And I just, it is a valuable thing that I'm, I'm willing and excited to repeat. And I, and I want to kind of steal a line that Norman has when he's trying to help, uh, I forget, Agatha, and that's Annie, I think that's her name. I don't remember. The, the witch at the end. And he says something along the lines of, as he's telling the story, the more she turned away from people, the more afraid of her they were. She turned away because she was different and the people didn't understand her, right? We get nervous when people don't, like us and so because of that we distance ourselves and we're and then because of that distancing we're less liked and it just creates more and more of a diversion which is really really sad it it brought me back to a time in in middle school and in high school where i was really really insecure i struggled with my confidence severely and one of the ways that made me struggle the most particularly in middle school is that i was insecure and worried that i was being left out. The people really didn't want me there, that I wasn't really invited at the same extent other people were, that I was just kind of left out. And so that insecurity made me start acting as if I was left out. And I kind of became that really annoying attention-seeking kid, which then led me to be left out more. 
when I was never initially left out at all. I was just insecure and I created a problem for myself through that insecurity. And it's really quite sad. And I, and I think this film handles that really well. Yes, sadly, there are those people who don't accept difference and some of them make mistakes. Horrible things do happen and some of them recognize that it's wrong. Some of them don't. But by and large, I would say that acceptance more than, than these outside people we can talk about has to come from within first. That cannot be anybody else's responsibility. They do have their own part to play in accepting other people. That, I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the acceptance of self. It has to start with us. I promise you, people not accepting you, unless they start to harm you, but I think those are outliers. People not accepting you is not as scary as you not accepting yourself. I promise. I promise, I promise, I promise. And then people accepting you will never be rewarding or fulfilling if you don't accept yourself first. I'm not saying this to take away for the need of acceptance towards other people and the need of love and compassion. I'm not saying that. And empathy. What I am saying is that those should never, ever take away the need for us to give that to ourselves first. Very important. And I just, I just want to end this with something that I, I just thought was remarkable. I was going through the bonus features and one of them was titled, You Don't Become a Hero by Being Normal. That was the name of the bonus feature. And I immediately wrote it down before I even watched the bonus feature. I just, I loved what that title said. And I, th- I thought I was going to watch it and then it was going to be about Norman and about how he's not normal and how he becomes a hero. And it wasn't. It was about these animators and these group of people, not just the animators, but the people at Leica who have kind of been those outcasts, those individuals kind of on the fringes who have found each other. And it's kind of now this island of misfit toys and how they're a group together. And so Travis Knight was talking about that and how they've been able to form that bond. And he said this was was just fantastic. Those things that put us out from the crowd are the things that allow us to contribute something special to the world. I thought that just fit the story of, of Paranorman and Norman exceptionally well. I also just thought that was a profound quote that I want to reflect on more. So I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to end the basement binge. Okay, right? I, I want to end this especially because I, I just love what that had to say. Let me kind of do some backwards formalities here. Happy Halloween, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed these Halloween binge episodes, please review on Podchaser. It helps out a ton. Additionally, anything I mentioned, you can find in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison. I didn't say it. I almost did. Let's end it this way. Those things that put us out from the crowd are the things that allow us to contribute something special to the world. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.